Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Two Lost Traders podcast with me, James Pozo, and my good friend, Travis Clayton. We're hoping to give you a good insight into what's happening in the ASX and also in the crypto markets. On today's program, um, we're going to talk about the overnight markets, major financial news. Then we'll talk about the market movers from yesterday on the ASX. Our new segment, What's Hot on Hot Copper? The five most talked about stocks on Hot Copper. Travis will do a crypto wrap. Then we're going to give you a stock which is on our watch list. And our last segment is Beat the Bank. Find a stock in seven days' time that's going to beat the bank interest. So we'll go head-to-head against each other on that one. So, Trav, do you want to get started with some overnight news? Thanks, James. Let's, let's say that there's never a dull moment in the markets. It's been a very, very interesting period of time over the last week, and we've seen a number of major moves in cryptocurrencies, and precious metals have started to move overnight as well. So we'll take a look at those in some detail. Interestingly, inflation seems to be back on the table. There were some discrepancies as to whether we were entering three options, inflation or deflation or, in fact, stagflation. My personal opinion is we are headed for stagflation, But markets do seem to be indicating that there are inflationary pressures. And in fact, it may not be transitory at all. So we'll take a look at that. The Chinese property market issues are beginning to heat up. And we've seen a number of other Chinese property developers, other than Evergrande, fail to pay their interest on their debt. And so we're keeping an eye on that as well. Examples are Fantasia and Modern Land. Two big Chinese property developers who have asked their bondholders to pause the payments, pushing it back as far as March next year. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. We've also got the issue of supply chain disruptions rearing its ugly head again. So we'll see see what's going to go forward with that one. All right, guys, we'll get on with the market movers from yesterday. So on the ASX, we'll start with the large cap. So... The biggest advancer was Crank, actually, CWN Crank, maybe as a result of Star Casino's problems. Um, they've dropped their share prices dropped over 20% in the last week due to legal dramas that they've had. Correct, Trav? Yes, well, I believe they've been accused of money laundering and falsifying documents in relation to profits. But, you know, a lot of that information. So one of the main reasons that Crane would be up. And that one of the biggest decliners in the large caps was FMG, Fortescue Metals, with the iron ore price still coming down. Not a great time for FMG. Well, iron ore prices, James, they're down. But they've stayed down for quite some time. And FMG has been a victim of this fall in prices. Mind you, a number of the other iron ore companies have also been in decline. $14, Trav, is that a buy for you, FMG? I'm afraid not, James. It's not a buy for me. I do believe that we will see lower prices for iron ore as this saga plays out with the property developments in China. They are very large consumers of iron, and I just don't see how this is resolved anytime soon. Okay, we'll get on to the mid-caps. Um, biggest advancer was PDN. Aladdin Energy, they've got operations in Namibia, Canada and Australia. They released yesterday their sustainability report, reducing carbon emissions. The market loves greener operations. And as a result, yeah, their share price um, 
went up quite a bit yesterday. The biggest decliner was PGA, PGH, sorry, which is packed group major disruption challenges related to COVID-19 was announced yesterday. So they were a big decliner. In the small caps, a nice 50% win for CNR, Canon Resources. There's nothing better than finding a small cap that goes up 50% in one day. And this one uh, had some great drill results with nickel mineralizer. So Canon Resources, it's uh, based in Western Australia. They were up 50% yesterday. CNR, mentioned to keep an eye on further drill results to see what happens with that. Market cap still only 27 million. Um, so might be some room to move on that one. And our biggest decliner in the small caps was FAU. A gold explorer, um, they've had to do a cap raising and they were 14% down. So there's your movers. Keep an eye on those. And now our next segment is going to be what's hot on hot copper, Trav? Yes, well, we like to keep an eye on what's happening with hot copper. And, you know, there's a lot of very smart people who participate in the boil. There's also and, some not so smart people, by the way. Well, yes, of course. But we want to focus on those positive. That's right. Uh, well, Filter out all the crap. There yes, is some yeah, good stuff on there. Yes, but... yeah, and very knowledgeable people. Yeah. So uh, we'll take a look at the most talked about stocks and why they're being talked about. Well, the five most talked about stocks are PTX, which is Prescient, which is a biotech company, LPD, Lepidico, a lithium hydroxide, PLS, which is Pilbara Minerals, lithium producer in Western Australia. And the other two, Trav, were... Brookside Energy was one that was actually it's at the top of the list, I believe. So we'll talk about that. And the other one is Digital Wine Technologies, which actually, given it's what is it, today is Friday, the 14th of October, they're due to come out of a, a trading hall to raise capital and a material acquisition. So have a look at that. I thought it was Thursday, the 14th of October. If you're a ahead, congratulations. So on those, on those most talked about stocks on hot copper, um, Let's try and see um, what they're up to and maybe why so many people are keeping on them. The first one, PTX, well, actually, I've got to um, do a little disclaimer here. Three of those five stocks I hold, and I only hold 30 stocks, so maybe I've been on hot copper too much and it's picking up all my views. But PTX, Prisian, it's a $150 million market cap biotech company. Um, it's got three strings to its bow at the moment, PTX 100, PTX 200, and this Omnicar project. Now, you guys do your own research on all the stuff, but essentially it's a cancer treatment biotech. It's got patients currently undergoing tests with their product and yeah, seems to have a lot going on for only 150 million market. With all these biotech, they're great if you're willing to have an element of risk, you know, for, for the nine that, that don't go anywhere, you might get one go up times five or times 10. Now this one has gone up hundred percent in the last few months, but if these trials go well and they sign contracts and it, you know, turns into a worldwide thing, don't think that it'll stop at 150 million market cap it could, to the moon, as they say, but you've got to be willing to, to be adverse to a bit of risk with these companies. Trev, do you want to talk about the Brookside? Yes, the Brookside drilling for oil in the US, and well, they intend to drill resources over a five year period and they're hoping to pull out of the ground the equivalent of approximately approximately 11 million barrels of oil. Oh, that's oil. They recently raised in Mar and I'm sorry, in February raised 8.25 million dollars. I think it was James in order to fund 
uh, drilling campaign on their dual asset. So along the road, they've uh, teamed up with Stonehorse Energy and currently uh, drilling in uh, Oklahoma, I think it is, in what's a combined farm-out partnership to access the oil. The share price really started to take off in early March and it's been raging, ranging between $0.02 cents and $0.04 cents since April. So the big move was in March over a one-month period. Very, very significant. Brookside in June were nearing completion of the development of their dual well resource and they were hoping to get going fairly soon afterwards. There were some delays and it was finally, I think, in August, September, they actually started producing oil and seems to be very attractive economically. So this is the talk of the tower, hot copper. In July this year, they raised another $9 million. That money is to be put towards their range as well which is basically a rinse and repeat of the dual well uh, approach, whereby they raise the capital and then put the infrastructure in place and away they went. The company is now in production and dual well resource and the economic metrics look pretty compelling, I have to say. And the contributors of Hot Copper would agree with that. So we'll wait and see what happens with Brookside. And we'll see if they get upside. If they're successful with their Rangers Well project, I do believe that uh, they will rinse and repeat again. Yeah, and yeah. we'll see them continue to boost their production metrics. All right. Um, the next one we'll talk about is PLS. If you're not aware of this one, Pilbara Minerals. Um, it's one of the main players in Australia in the lithium industry, um, the largest independent hard rock mine in the world. So one of the safer plays. If you're trying to get into lithium, it's, it's actually a producer and in Australia being a producer at the moment is a real good thing because their spot price that they are reaching is record highs over 2000 US dollars a ton. They've got a platform, which they, they BMX, which is where they can sell their leftover lithium on the market. And that's what's reaching these really high prices where a lot of other companies are solely tied into offtake agreements. At lower prices, PLS has um, done a really smart thing and is selling those on the spot market. Well, they're, they're also tied into to offtake agreements, but selling on the spot market as well. They've had a recent acquisition of AJM Altura, which has increased the size of their resource. And yeah, moving forwards, there's a proposed agreement with Posco which is a Korean lithium company, not to be uh, mistaken for Pozo. My surname, Trevor, is actually not my parents' company. It's a Puska. So whether they go into an agreement now, it reached a high of $2.50, the share price, which took it over $6 billion market cap. It's down now under $2. For me, it's still a buy. I mean, I hold PLS. I'm surprised that it's not, it's not, up to its uh, all-time highs of $2.50. I've got a feeling that it's being played at the moment in this $1.90 to $2, but we'll see. But I, I'd have to think that by the end of the year, my feeling is it'll be closer to $3 than it will to $2. But time will tell on that one, Trevor. Yeah, and well, the topping formation is seen in play here. We've seen the uh, same sort of pattern play out in, I think it was uh, January of this year when we saw PLS really try to go for a run, but then pull back and it found itself support at a lower price. And, you know, we might see the same uh, pattern form here, which would indicate that, yes, it, it's like we'll hover around that dollar ninety area. And then, you know, if all things go to plan, we would expect to see another breakout and uh, $3 could well be on the cards. All right, cool. And the, the next one on the what's hot, hot copper list trap is DWA. 
digital wine technologies. Yes, yeah, well, we all like wine, don't we? Shiraz, Trev. Shiraz? You're a Shiraz man. Yeah. Very good. Well, yes, digital wine technologies, they're basically involved in distribution, okay? And they've decided to go down the road of online distribution for a number of wineries throughout Australia. So they, they have upwards on, I think it's 20 odd distribution hubs around Australia where uh, they send their wine or a variety of different wines both around Australia and so internationally. So currently it's in a trading halt. Um, they're raising capital. The purpose of raising the capital is to fund the material acquisition was all they said in the trading halt. And it looks like that that uh, trading plot will be lifted, I believe, tomorrow, Friday. James, they're a technology-based company interested in benefiting online sales of wine products, both in Australia and internationally. It appears that the technology and business model could be applied to other areas of export to consumers overseas and within Australia. So they could certainly double down on opportunities. And it looks like this trading halt is all about that point. They're aiming, they're actually acquiring a company by the name of Tuti. I believe that's the acquisition. At least that's the tour within Hot Copper. That's an online model shop. And essentially gives access to a great variety of different beer types uh, so that you can access all the different types of beers that you may not be able to get down at Dan Murphy's or, you know, your, your local uh, grog shop. So this announcement could be a game changer. However, what's going to need to happen there is the capital raising is going to need to play out. So you would need probably in this case to keep an eye on the dates when the capital raising is finalised. And I would expect that if the market really is happy with this, then we would see it begin to go higher at that point. The old highs are from April when it was sitting at 20 cents. And those old highs are certainly within range going forward. The current price for digital wines is in range of just 6.6 cents. Yeah, So you can see there's a, a significant amount of upside if this plays out really well for DW8. All right. The last one on the What's Cop on Copper is LPD. This is another one that I hold. Geez, I was close to selling it last year because it just ping-ponged between 0.07 and 0.08 for months. And I was really getting shits with it because all the other lithium plays were taken off and it was going nowhere. But then eventually it did crack on and it got to 0.3. So it, it sort of went up three, 400%, but has um, come down a little bit recently. What's the price of LPD right now? LPD, LDD, what are we at here? It's sitting in a lovely, what's that? 2.4 cents. Yeah, so it's had a, it's come down a little bit from the three, but it's still, I mean, I'm still up uh, a couple of hundred percent on it. Mainly what it's into is lithium hydroxide, although it has got some other base metals coming up. Maybe one of the reasons that it's one of the um, most viewed stocks, it recently signed an agreement to build a plant in Abu Dhabi. The good thing about this plant, it's only 15 kilometers from the port. So getting the product in for them in their plant, it's going to be easy transport arrangements there. So yeah, it's it's one that, that might still have a bit of upside bid in, in, in this lithium industry, only 150 million market cap right now. So yeah, with other ones um, in that hydroxide thing being much higher. So we'll see what happens with Lepidigo. I'm going to keep it for a while. And that's all of the stocks currently hot 
on Hot Copper Trav. Now, you are definitely the crypto man. And tell us what's happening in the crypto and give us a couple of tips on what we should put our money in. Well, it really depends. You know, the leader in the last week certainly has been Bitcoin. Bitcoin has rallied remarkably. I think it's uh, probably up as much as uh, 30% in the last week or two. So it's been the leader amongst the other cryptos. And those other cryptos, it's interesting that, you know, they've lagged really the progress of Bitcoin to share price anyway. So we see more upside in some of those alternative coins, such as Cardano. We've got Litecoin. Still waiting to see what the outcome will be for Ripple in their court case. So that might be influential to some of the other cryptos out there. We've got VeChain, Theta. Another of these cryptos have underperformed versus Bitcoin. Bitcoin, I would say though, if you look at the Bitcoin price in the US dollars, it does look like it's bumping up against old highs. So, you know, getting past those old highs could be a little bit of a bit of a challenge for Bitcoin. But you know, anything's possible and it's it's renowned for taking out old highs and then going higher. What would you be doing now, Trevor? You see it was a sell if you were a big holder of Bitcoin or would you hold up? Well, if it was me and we were at these resistance points, I would probably sell half of my holding. If it broke out of bubble, I'd probably buy back in or at least wait for a pullback to that resistance point and then buy in. If you're going to be game, you might wait to see if it can hold. If it looks like it's going to roll over and head lower, you might then sell half of your holdings. You could sell all of your holdings, but you'd want to be pretty confident in your chart reading abilities to do that. So, you know, why did the other cryptos not go with it is the question I'd be asking. And so I would probably say you've got two options. Bitcoin breaks out and the other cryptos go far in the same direction upside. The alternative is that a that Bitcoin rolls over, and we might see that the alternative coins just hold hold their line. It really depends on what true value is behind each of the cryptos, because as you know, they're, they're a very very wide ranging type of the blockchain technologies. That... Have you got a coin out there today, being the fourteenth of October draft that you're considering a good buy? No, yeah, no, 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 not at this point. I, I think you need to wait and see what happens with uh, Bitcoin before you commit to any kind of purchase. Uh, there are coins that have underperformed. You know, VeChain is one example. Doji, I think, is underperformed as well. Perhaps Ethereum. That the chart for Ethereum is also at highs, old highs. So, you know, I'm my, my keen on that. It, it really comes down to we need to wait and see what's going to happen here. This is not a time to be particularly cool. Just for it. Okay. No. So, yeah, that's my crypto wrap for the week. All right. Next, we're going to talk about our watch list, a stock that, Definitely might want to keep an eye on. I'll go first with this one, Tran. Mine is going to be BPH. Now, this one has been somewhat similar to maybe an episode of Dallas. Remember the soap opera from the 80s in America? I'm a bit young for that, James. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Trav. So many things now, or maybe more uh, days of our lives. This has been a crazy ride for the shareholders in BPH. Jump on their Facebook page. There's a lot of passionate people on their Facebook page. Their hot copper page. Um... There's a few idiots out on that one, but if you can filter through it, you find some good information. Anyway, the basic thing with this this stock is it's a predominantly a gas explorer that was hoping to get a license to drill in the Hunter. And Keith Pitt, the resources minister, sorry, was very bullish about it, and it looked like it was going to get the 
the um, rights to drill in this region of the Hunter. And the share price got right up to 30 cents based on the hype of, of Mr. Pitt promoting it. And uh, well, not so much promoting it, but not talking it down. And it seemed like uh, it was, it was going to get the, and the, the hype of it and the rumor got the share price up to 30 cents. Then in stepped your prime minister, Scott Morrison, in a press conference completely unrelated to anything going on with BPH, a reporter just asked him an off-the-cuff comment about what do you think about this application. It's called PEP 11. I should have uh, put in PEP 11 as the, as the um, rights to drill this area. And Mr. Morrison said off-the-cuff, no, we're not interested in, in this drilling. We're completely against it. Now, that off-the-cuff comment during ASX hours may I say, when it was a price-sensitive announcement from the Prime Minister, sent the stock plummeting. So just in that very day, I remember, I think it got down to sort of 14, 15 cents, and then has slid since all the way down there to six cents. But what's interesting with this is ScoMo's press release was now maybe four months ago, and you would have thought that Mr. Pitt, who has the sole decision on accepting or rejecting this this drill license, you thought he would have, he would have rejected it. But remember that Keith Pitt is a Nash as opposed to a liberal. I know they're in a coalition, but the fact that he still hasn't rejected the license four months later still gives me some hope that there may be something more to play out with this. Now they are big into the CCS, the carbon capture storage. So as with all the planes, with the lack of energy going on around the world at the moment, there may be still some hope for those BPA. I can't understand how, why they wouldn't have rejected it by now. So it's with Nopta. They're the, the company that, that oversees the agreement in um, coalition with Senator Pitt. So yeah, so Keith Pitt still hasn't made his decision there on whether they're going to get the license, even though it was a few months ago that his own prime minister was against it. So like I said, it's like a... A real soap opera, um, and I think what's happened with the share price is that those those people that are just holding on there, they're, they're just going to ride it out until the decision. So it's hard to read any chance on it because this sole decision on whether they get the license or they don't get the license is really the whole thing on whether the share price goes up or goes down. What are your thoughts on VPH trend? Well, you might, you know, it's difficult to, to try and read a chart on stock where really all you're waiting for is news and so the buy signals that you get on a chart won't necessarily transfer to any kind of price action if no news comes and so it gets rejected and heads lower and that's what's been happening with bph by the looks of it they get a little bit of a sniffle this is good news it turns out to be nothing and then it sinks further yeah. that's happened looking at the charts here it's happened probably since february of this year it's happened i can see at least on three occasions where it's tried to rally but the news then backed it up and so I'm a cut back down. So I guess if you're, if you're a bit of a punter and you're looking to put some money in a stock, I mean, do your own research, but if you're looking for a stock that could potentially go nut with, you know, a good chance that it, it might go completely the other way, this could be the one. Based on the fact you've got 30 to 30 cents on the rumor that they might get the license. So you'd have to think that should they get this license to drill, I could see it going above 50 cents that day. So yeah, if you're, if you're a bit of a gambler and you want to, you know, drop a thousand dollars into a stock that, that maybe has a 10% chance, I put it at about a 10, maybe 10 to 15% chance of, of pulling off. Whereas before Skyrim made that announcement, I would have probably had it at 70 or 80%, but it's hard 
it is hard when your prime minister is against it, whether they wait till after the election. Labor is definitely against it. So if Labor get in and no decision has been made, there's no chance. But yeah, if you are a bit of a gambler, have a look at BPH. It could be the one to send you to the moon. Uh, well, the license agreement being awarded is certainly not priced in at six cents. So that would be a very big surprise to the upside is what I would say. And as you said, they haven't actually gone ahead and, and um, cancelled old Senate. Absolutely no Yeah, chance. exactly. But it's just on all. I mean, what happens if we get a federal election and leadership changes? That might be an on, on its own to get some. Yeah. Out of it. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one. What's yours, Chad, on your watch list? Well, I've gone on a different... Uh, route here. I've gone with a developer where licenses have already been granted and it's a case of just getting this, uh, this project up and up and going. So I've gone with a company called Geo-Pacific Resources. The ASX code for that is GPR and they're actually developing uh, a Woodlark Gold Mine is the name of the mine. It's in Papua New Guinea. So in terms of that's probably, you know, politically and in terms of governance, a little bit of a risk because Papua New Guinea tends to be a bit of a volatile country when it comes to politics. But nevertheless, you know, there's upside. They did recently announce securing the $100 million they needed to get project financing for the cornerstone from a cornerstone investor. Um, that investor being known as Sport Private Reasonable Lending, which is a subsidiary of Sport um, Enterprises, which is a specialist in um, investments in gold development. So, you know, when you get the support of these types of funds, it shows a lot of confidence in the project. They have total funds available of $256 million, of which they expect to be spending $206 million on uh, building the processing plant, the infrastructure required to go ahead with actually getting to production. So what that means is that going forward and in the future, there's a very little risk of... Uh, capital raisings, having to raise more funds to get this project up and running. So that's, I think that's a very positive thing because often capital raisings don't loot your holding in a company and you can go backwards very quickly if companies have to keep raising capital to keep the head above water while they try to find big nuggets or lithium deposits. So other information that I think is relevant is that the feasibility indicates that the uh, all-in sustaining costs are going to be very low at $1,239 Australian dollars per ounce. Now, bear in mind that we have a current gold price in Australia of $2,400. So you can see that their costs are half that of what they'll actually get for that, that uh, gold. And of course, if gold goes up, the metrics become far more compelling. If gold goes down, and it becomes less compelling. So that's for the life of the mine, by the way. So in this, that, that will sort of move around a little bit as the years run by. Uh, at the moment, the life of the mine is expected to be around about 13 years. So we've got 13 years of production us for geopacific resources. I think additionally also, they have other deposits that they're drilling at the moment to expand the life of the mine. So I see upside there is, in terms of the development, early works contracts have been signed and first phase mining equipment has also been ordered. So that's on the way. It is in Papua New Guinea. Now, I should point out that it's not on the mainland. It's actually on an island offshore. They have built wharf infrastructure so that they can get the equipment in and out and also the the gold that they get and get that in and out as well. So, you know, development's well and truly on its way. You know, at some point, the, the market will begin to price in the fact that 
the, the development is getting nearer and nearer to completion and that will de-risk it even further up the project. So I see upside there as well uh, from that point of view. First Gold Port is expected to take place in December of next year. So my thinking is that for the next six months, we will see it perhaps range mount between, where is that? Where is that? I'm good for here. Between, I think it's sort of 27 cents is the low for the last 52 weeks. And it's very close to that now. Oh, well, yeah, I've got that. The upside of 37 and a half. 28 cents low for the year, 65 cent high, currently sitting at 29 and a half cents. So when it was 65 cents, you know, the, at that point they hadn't raised the funds. And so what happens is over time, the longer time passes where they haven't raised those funds to be able to build the project, you tend to see prices drift, drift down and lower, which it did, you know, and it's began to bottom out probably since around April of this year. But I think we're now getting to the stage where the risk is really starting to decrease and I would expect that we'll see upside for oh, sure. So that I'd be targeting probably in the next six, six to 12 months, somewhere in the range of 50 to 60 cents. Okay. So at 29 and a half cents, GPR. GPR, yeah. Keep an eye on that one. All right, Trevor. So our last segment, this is what I'm most excited about, beat the bank. Today being 9 a.m. on the 14th of October, um, what stock at 9 a.m. on the 21st of October is going to beat the bank interest? Now, you have, I've given the call to you today between small cap, mid cap, and large cap, and you've got large cap. So we're going head to head stock in seven days' time where you're going to beat the bank interest. You want to go first? I would love to go first. Firstly, what's bank? Not, I guess anything that's, anything that's a profit here yeah. um, is going to be a win. Absolutely. Yes. So I only have to be in green. Yeah. Well, you've it's got to be in green. I mean, if you all agree, I mean, must have said, mate, I can see the Well, yeah. Okay. And it's competition. I get that. We're to head. All right. So I'm going with a short thing. Okay. Actually, I, I wish it was not one week. I, I would like to see it be three or four months well, because I'm a big believer in this stock. Stock's code is RRL. That is Resisting Source Resources. Current price, $2.19. Now, listeners to our podcast will know that personally, from my point of view, I'm a gold stock fan. And that's simply because they've been so oversold that I'm looking for value, I'm looking for low cost, and I'm looking for big ounces. Okay, so Regis Resources is my number one pick, and I think it will be not only over the week, but over the longer term as well. Particularly given the uh, price of gold was up last night, so okay. I'm I'm I've got high expectations here. So $2.19, let's see if you're up. Now, my choice, it's a little bit riskier, but I'm going to go ABZ Minerals. Now, this is at a lithium. It's at a lithium, a junior lithium, even though it's at a billion market cap, it has the largest deposit in the world. Now, this is in the Republic DRC. This is in the Congo, Trav, but its current price is 30 and a half. Sense it's got a number of offtake agreements already sorted. What it is waiting for is the mining license. So the DRC government to grant the license to mine. Now, I'm just hoping, being that this is a seven day competition, that this could potentially happen in the next seven days. And I think the market is waiting for this decision. A lot of the big money that might pile into this stock won't do it until they actually get the mining license. So 
at 30 and a half cents. Let's see what happens at 9 a.m. on the 21st of October. That's AVZ Minerals. That is my call to beat the bank this week. So head to head, we'll be interested to see those. And anything else you've got for today, Trevor? No, I don't think so. I think we've covered it. Our listeners can visit our Facebook page and if you've got any questions, you could post them there. And if you've got a stock that you want us to cover, obviously we'll do the What's Hot and Hot Copper, but uh, we're happy for you to help us with the watch list. Um, if you've got something you want us to put on the watch list, uh, we'll be happy to give you our views on it. As there's no paid sponsorship currently, don't be offended if it's a negative view on your stock coming from us. So yeah, look forward to that. Thanks guys and look forward to checking in next week.